You're listening to the Dibbly Dobbly Podcast. Remember to like, share, comment, subscribe, and click the bell to make sure you get the latest episodes of the podcast. Be sure to like and share our Facebook page and follow us on Twitter and on Instagram. Hi everyone and welcome back to another episode of the Dibbly Dobbly Podcast. On today's episode of the podcast, we review match number 19 of the ICC T20 World Cup for 2022 between Australia and Sri Lanka from the Perth Stadium. It's the Dibbly Dobbly Podcast and let's get started. Let's have a look at the match summary from game number 19 of the ICC T20 World Cup for 2022 between Australia and Sri Lanka from the Perth Stadium. Sri Lanka batted first and made 6 for 157 from their 20 overs. Nisanka top scored with 40. And Maxwell Stark, Ashton Ager and Hazelwood took one wicket each for Australia. Australia needed 158 runs to win. They chased down the target with ease in the end, finishing on 3 for 158 from 16.3 overs. Stornis top scored with 59 not out. De Silva, Kuraknet and Teek Shana all took one wicket each for Sri Lanka. Australia won by seven wickets and Marcus Stornis was named player of the match. What were the key moments and key factors from match number 19 of the ICC T20 World Cup for 2022 between Australia and Sri Lanka? The partnership between De Silva and Nisanka of 69 for the second wicket did well to get Sri Lanka back on track after they were 1 for 6 inside 1.5 overs. The partnership between Kurakna and Asalanka of 37 unbeaten for the seventh wicket managed to get Sri Lanka to 6 for 157 after they were 6 for 120 inside 17.3 overs. Marcus Stoinis' innings was the key for Australia. He scored 59 not out of 18 balls, and the partnership he added with Aaron Finch of 69 unbeaten for the fourth wicket got Australia back on track in the run chase after they were struggling to match the required run rate. Stoinis' innings and the partnership with Finch were the key as Australia managed to win by seven wickets in a must-needed win. Those were the key moments and key factors for match number 19 of the ICC T20 World Cup for 2022 between Australia and Sri Lanka from the Perth Stadium. Let's have a look at both teams' performances in match number 19 of this ICC T20 World Cup for 2022 between Australia and Sri Lanka at the Perth Stadium with both bat and ball. We'll start with Australia and their batters. Warner, 11. Finch, 31 not out. Mitchell Marsh, 18. Maxwell, 23. And Stornis, 59 not out. That's how the Australian batters went about things in this T20 World Cup match against Sri Lanka from Perth. And you'll have to say it was a slightly improved batting performance from Australia. Unlike in Game 1 where it was a terrible batting performance, Game number 2 against Sri Lanka in this T20 World Cup for the Australian batters was a much better batting performance. Um, Chasing 157... Uh, was going to be achieved here in Perth for Australia. But Australia would have liked to kept um, Sri Lanka down below 150. Unfortunately for Australia, they had a few problems towards the end overs, towards the death overs of the Sri Lankan innings. And we'll talk about that in the bowling performance. And Sri Lanka were able to get up to that 157 score. But that was chaseable. And here in Perth on a good surface where it's good bounce, good carry, it's a big ground. Um, you can score a lot of boundaries and run a lot of twos and threes square of the wicket and hit down the ground straight. It's quite short for a lot of sixes and that. Um, Australia were feeling 
a little confident about chasing down the runs. Um, unfortunately for Australia, Australia didn't get going at all in the run chase to begin with. Uh, Sri Lanka were bowling well at the start. Australia lost David Warner early for 11, 1 for 26 in 4.1 overs. Um, Australia didn't quite make the most of the power play, 1 for 33 from 6 servers. Um, Oso didn't hit a single boundary in the first 6 servers for the first time ever in a T20 national for Australia in a power play. So that wasn't good for Australia. They weren't getting at all uh, going in the power in the power play and also in the uh, run chase. Uh, Sri Lanka uh, were 1 for 36 after 6 servers in the power play. So it was only a 3 run difference at that stage. Um, Australia started to get going in the run chase. Aaron Finch and Mitchell Marsh added 34 for the second wicket. And then when Mitchell Marsh departed, uh, Finch and Maxwell added 29 for the third wicket to get Australia back and going again in the run chase. Uh, Mitchell Marsh and Glenn Maxwell were hitting sixes and getting the, the chase back on track because Aaron Finch was struggling with timing. He couldn't really hit the ball all that well, Aaron Finch. He was struggling uh, to get some fluency and rhythm into his batting. Um, so Mitchell Marsh and Glenn Maxwell were definitely the main aggressors for Australia with the bat. Uh, but those partnerships didn't last long. And Australia were 3 for 89 inside 12.2 overs and struggling in the run chase. Australia was uh, struggling and falling behind the required run rate in the run chase. Needed some acceleration and some big overs to get them back on track. Sri Lanka were taking wickets and bowling well and keeping the pressure on the Australian batters. Aaron Finch, as we mentioned before, was struggling uh, for timing and couldn't score boundaries, putting more pressure on the rest of the Australian batting lineup to score the runs and to get Australia over the line in a must-win must, uh, game for the Australians in this T20 World Cup. Enter Marcus Dornis. He went off, scoring 59 on out of 18 balls. He and Aaron Finch added 69 unbeaten for the fourth wicket. Stornis added most of the runs. Finch, not so much in that partnership. Australia needed that innings and partnership from Stornis. That innings and partnership put pressure back on to the Sri Lankan bowlers who were a bowler down when Fernando was injured in the first over. And that got Australia over the line and they were able to win this game here in Perth against Sri Lanka. So in the end, Australia managed to get the job done. It wasn't a fluent batting performance, but they were able to improve some things. There's still a lot of areas of improvement to work on. We'll talk about Aaron Finch's innings. Um, it was a pretty ugly innings from Aaron Finch. 31 not out of 42 balls, a strike rate of 73. That was very slow. He was struggling for timing. He was struggling to hit boundaries and couldn't time the ball at all. Couldn't even hit it off the square at times. He was frustrated, throwing his bat up in the air. Um, he was um, not really happy, Aaron Finch. And he put tremendous pressure on the rest of the Australian batting order. As they were behind the required run rate during the run chase, Aaron Finch was just putting more pressure on Warner, Mitchell Marsh, Glenn Maxwell, and even Marcus Stornis. Yes, he did go off and score 59 not out, but Marcus Stornis, he could have been feeling the pressure as well. Uh, but he went off and went ballistic, and Australia were able to get the job done because of his innings. Um, we know Aaron Finch's form has been questionable for some time. This innings here in Perth against Sri Lanka highlighted that. Um, Finch said after the game, my innings was poor, I just couldn't hit the ball. And he pretty much summed it up well there. Um, um, I think for the next game against England, which is a, a very important game for Australia in this T20 World Cup, and also for England as well, 
Um, seeing that Aaron Finch has been struggling, um, and with Cameron Green being in the T20 World Cup squad now, I think it will be a good move if Aaron Finch bats down the order. Like he did in the West Indian T20 series before this T20 World Cup, he batted down the order around about number four, and then obviously Cameron Green, when he was in the side, he opened the batting with David Warner. That could be a potential uh, option for Australia, or they have the Cameron Green option, or do they promote Marcus Stornis to open the batting with David Warner after what Marcus Stornis did um, in this innings of 59 not out? Um, Marcus Stornis has opened the batting in Big Bash for the Melbourne Stars, and he's done quite well by doing that role. Um, that could be another possible option for Australia going into the next match against England. But Australia do have to address the problem of Aaron Finch because he is holding the team back. And as captain, you've got to make the tough decision and say, you know what? I'm not really batting well. I'm going to have someone else open the batting. I'm going to bat down the order because Aaron Finch won't be dropped. He's captain, so he's going to still be in the team. So do you either bring in Cameron Green to be opener, like he did in India, like he did in the West Indies series, like he did in the first game against England in Perth before this T20 World Cup, or do you ask Marcus Stoinis to go up to the top of the order because you know he's done that role very well in the Big Bash where he's had tremendous success? Um, that's something that Australians need to ponder about. And I don't think it will be a bad move to do that because it will get Australia off to a good start in the power play, maximise the power play so they can have a very good start, very good foundation in terms of setting targets and also chasing down targets. So it's something that Australia need to think about going into game uh, three of this T20 World Cup for them against the old enemy in England at Melbourne. So that's something for Aaron Finch to think about. Let's talk about Marcus Stornis quickly. I thought he was outstanding. What a knock. Australia could have lost this match and not chased down 158 runs without his innings. 59 not out of 18 balls is the fastest ever. T20 international 50 for Australia. Obviously, David Warner, Glenn Maxwell, um, they had the joint fastest record, which was um, 18 balls. Obviously, Marcus Stornis has the fastest ever half century for Australia in T20 internationals. Also, equal second fastest in T20 World Cup history as well, this innings. And for Marcus Dornis to score his 50 of 17 uh, balls in the end, obviously, to bring up the record, obviously, in the end, he finished on 18 balls of 59, uh, when he got 59 uh, runs, I should say. Um, it was just a, a sheer power of hitting and the ability that he has to hit the long ball and to put pressure back onto the bowlers was superb to watch. And, um, you know, this is what Marcus Stornis can do. We all know, we've, we've all seen this from Marcus Stornis uh, for Australia at times, but in the big bash. He can play innings like this and he can win games for you by doing this. But he hasn't done it on a consistent basis for Australia. So it was great to see him when the team was under pressure. Australia needed to win this game to keep alive in this T20 World Cup. He came out and blasted 59 unbeaten off 18 balls. And um, it was it was a brilliant, brilliant innings. Obviously, he was under pressure coming into this T20 World Cup. Was struggling for, for some form. Um, and obviously, with Cameron Green doing so well, his spot was in jeopardy. But the selectors kept the faith, and it paid off in this innings um, dramatically. It did pay off uh, big time for Australia when he got 59 not out. Um, 
Obviously, he backed himself, had a clear mind, kept it simple, and had his plans to the particular Sri Lankan bowlers. He backed his strengths. His biggest strength is his power hitting. Um, he backed himself to hit the long ball over the rope for six. Um, he put pressure on the Sri Lankan spinners, took them downtown. And hopefully, this innings will bring the best out of Marcus Dornis, and hopefully, we'll see the best of him in Australian colours after this innings. But definitely, it was a very good knock from Marcus Stornis. Um, before we move on and talk about the Australian bowling, uh, the batting collapses. Australia didn't have a batting collapse, which was good. They only lost three wickets in this run chase. Uh, that's a step forward. That's an improvement. Unlike in the last game against New Zealand serve, they managed to not keep uh, losing wickets, which was good. Um, so that's a step forward for the Australian batting uh, unit. So overall, it was a, an improved batting performance from Australia. Hopefully this batting performance from Marcus Stornis can bring the best out of him. Hopefully David Warner, Aaron Finch, Mitchell Marsh, Glenn Maxwell, even Tim David and Matthew Wade. Um, hopefully they can get back into the runs and get some fluency and rhythm into their batting. But overall, it was a, an improved batting performance from Australia. Let's have a look at the Australian bowlers and their performance in this match against Sri Lanka from Perth. Maxwell took a wicket along with Ashtonaga, Mitchell Stark, Cummins and Hazelwood. No wickets for Mitchell Marsh and Stornis. That's how the Australian bowlers went about things in this game against Sri Lanka with the ball. Um, I thought it was a, a better bowling performance from Australia in this game against Sri Lanka. Obviously playing in Perth on a surface that provides bounce and pace uh, was definitely going to test the Sri Lankan batters out, and it certainly did. So it was a better bowling performance from Australia, unlike in the first game against New Zealand. Uh, they bowled well up front in the Sri Lankan innings. They had Sri Lanka 6 for 120 inside 17.3 overs, looking like keeping them below 150 at one stage. Um, they did well to break the early partnership between De Silva and Nasenka of 69 for the second wicket. That partnership was starting to get Sri Lanka back on track after Sri Lanka lost an early wicket of Kusil Mendes for five and Sri Lanka were one for six inside 1.5 overs. They did well to break that partnership of 69, as I mentioned, for the second wicket between De Silva and Nisanka. That slowed Sri Lanka a bit in their innings. They bowled good lines and lengths. They tested out the Sri Lankan batters with the short balls on this, pers uh, on this Perth surface, I should say, which worked very well for the Australian bowlers. As we saw the Sri Lankan batters, they were a bit uncomfortable when Australia went short. Um, they executed their skills with the ball nicely. Now, we've talked about it many times with Australia and their bowling. Their deft bowling still needs a bit of work. It was a bit poor against Sri Lanka again. Uh, Pat Cummins bowled the last server of the innings um, in the Sri Lankan innings. He conceded 20 runs off the last server, which wasn't good. And that was able to get Sri Lanka to uh, 157 in the end. Australia should have really kept Sri Lanka down to 130, 140. Uh, 157 was a little bit too much for their liking. Yet again, Australia not executing the skills at the depth, leaking runs. Pat Cummins is not a depth specialist bowler in T20 cricket. We know Pat Cummins has struggled with the ball in T20 cricket, uh, cricket in recent times. And he probably wasn't the right option to go at the depth. Um, and he leaked 20 runs. He bowled a couple of wides from memory in that last over as well. So Australia still need to work on their deaf bowling. And this could be an option for Australia going into the next game against England. Maybe probably bringing in Cameron Green in, in the place of 
uh, Pat Cummins maybe. Um, obviously, it would give Australia another bowling option, but it also would give them another batting option as well. And, and knowing that Pat Cummins has struggled and he's been going for a lot of runs, that could be a viable option for Australia to bring in Cameron Green uh, for his power ability, his batting, but also knowing that he can bowl um, if required. So Australia may consider dropping Pat Cummins for the next game against England. We shall see, but that's one option they can go with. But their death bowling does need some work. Um, you can't afford to give easy runs. You can't afford to misexecute your skills at the death. Um, obviously, they could have made the run chase a lot easier for themselves. Uh, they still got the job done in the end, obviously, because Marcus Stoinis uh, got them over the line with his brilliant innings of 59 not out. Um, and also, to an extent, Aaron Finch did as well, but he was struggling for his 31 not out. Um, in saying that, they could have chased maybe 130, 140 instead of 157. So bowling at the death, you really got to execute your skills and you really uh, got to make sure that you're hitting those areas on the pitch. Bowling well, uh, making sure you're bowling the Yorkers as well. And Australia just not doing that at the moment. So it's something that they need to work on for the remainder of this tournament. Um, also, Australia's fielding was a bit sloppy at times during this game against Sri Lanka. They, they need to fix that up, obviously. Um, they had some misfields and some overthrows. Aaron Finch misfielded a ball that went to the boundary for four. That was in the last ball of the last over of the Sri Lankan innings. Uh, Pat Cummins dropped a simple catch at deep square leg. Uh, but then we saw some brilliant fielding from David Warner. Um, he made a stunning save on the boundary that was destined for six. And he saved six runs. And then he took a really athletic catch um, in the outfield. Um, so Australia's fielding was a bit of a mixed bag. Um, obviously, they will look to tighten that up heading into the next game against England. Um, for the rest of the Australian bowlers, uh, Mitchell Stark looked much better in this game compared to New Zealand. Josh Hazelwood looked better as well. Pat Cummins still concerns about him and his economy rate and leaking runs. Ashton Agar, who came in for Adam Zampa, who missed out because of obvious reasons, uh, couldn't take part in this game. He did very well. One for 25, very economical, going for a runner ball. Uh, Marcus Stoinis did okay, none for 17. Uh, Mitchell Marsh did okay. It was good to see Mitchell Marsh back into the bowling um, for Australia. Obviously, when he's bowling, it adds that other option for Australia. Uh, Glenn Maxwell did well to take a wicket from... Uh, the one over he bowled. So Australia's bowling has slightly improved against uh, Sri Lanka as it was against New Zealand. That was a terrible performance for the ball. But in this game against Sri Lanka, they improved slightly. Still some concerns about the death bowling and whether or not Pat Cummins should be left out for Cameron Green. That's an option going forward. But uh, overall, it was an approved bowling performance from Australia. Overall, it was a good hard forward win for Australia in a game where they needed to win and they were able to get the job done. Let's have a look at Sri Lanka's team performance with both bat and ball in match number 19 of this ICC T20 World Cup for 2022 between Australia and Sri Lanka at the Perth Stadium. We'll start with their batters. Nasenka, 40. Kusil Mendes, 5. De Silva, 26. Asalanka, 38 not out. Rajapaksa, 7. And Shanaka, 3. That's how the Sri Lankan batters went about things in this match against Australia at Perth. Now, Sri Lanka's batting in this match was okay in this game against Australia. They struggled against the pace and bounce here in Perth. Um, a few of their batters were unsettled by the short balls being delivered by the Australian bowlers. And that's usually the case when you come from the subcontinent 
to Australia, you do struggle with the bounce and pace. Uh, so they were tested there. They couldn't time the ball. Lots of swings and misses. Um, got off to a bad start, losing Kusum Mendes early for five. Sri Lanka were one for six inside 1.5 overs. And then Dunajaya to Silva and Papam Nasanka added 69 for the second wicket. That got Sri Lanka back on track in the innings. Unfortunately, they lost wickets at regular intervals and they were struggling at 6 for 120 inside 17.3 overs. And they were looking like posting maybe uh, a 130, maybe 140 score, which wasn't going to be enough in Perth. And despite Australia's problems with their batting, I think Australia would have backed themselves to chase those runs down. Um, but they chased, but they cashed in, I should say, uh, with some poor bowling um, from the death overs from Australia, obviously. And they were able to convert that 6 for 120 to a reasonable competitive turtle of 6 for 157 from their 20 overs. A good late order partnership of 37 unbeaten for the 7th wicket between Kururakna and Asalanka gave them something to bowl to. Um, but in the end, it wasn't enough. And Australia were able to chase down 158 runs to win and uh, win this game by 7 wickets. So... Uh, for Sri Lanka, it was a bit of a mixed performance with their batting. Didn't really get any momentum. Didn't really get going um, up towards the end of the 10-over mark. Um, they didn't really have that acceleration. And they're sort of lacking those big power hitters. They're not really firing for them at the moment. So for them going forward into the next game against New Zealand, for them, uh, they will need to uh, up the strike rate and up the intensity um, with the bat. Um, they could have got a lot more um, if they really batted well at the start and really cashed in the power play. Unfortunately, they didn't. Australia were bowling well, and they just couldn't really get off to a flyer. And if they did get off to a flyer, they would have posted a score that was going to be very competitive and probably very challenging for Australia to chase down. But in the end, it wasn't to be. 6 for 157 it gave them something to bowl to, as I mentioned. But it wasn't enough in the end because Marcus Stornis was able to get the job done for Australia and and uh, really put the Sri Lankan bowlers under pressure. Also, poor shot selection from the Sri Lankan batters at times uh, during their innings. Uh, there was a run out, uh, miscommunication when Nisanka uh, ran himself out. So something that Sri Lanka need to work on, uh, just need to work on the basics and make sure they're maintaining the basics and doing the basics well with the bat. Um, but overall, it was an okay batting performance from Sri Lanka. And uh, they'll be looking um, for a better performance with the bat in their next game against New Zealand. Let's have a look at the Sri Lankan bowlers and how they performed in this T20 World Cup match against Australia from Perth. A wicket for De Silva, a wicket for Kurakna and Tikshana. No wickets for Shanaka, Hasaranga, Kumara and Fernando. That's how the Sri Lankan bowlers went about things in this match against Australia. Um, Sri Lanka's bowling was good and poor at the same time. It was a bit of a, a contrast of good bowling and some poor bowling um, throughout the Australian run chase. Uh, Sri Lanka's bowling up front was good, but in the latter half of the Australian innings, towards the end of the match, they didn't really bowl well. Um, it didn't really help that Sri Lanka lost uh, a Bindra Fernando early uh, to injury. He bowled five balls of the first over of Australia's innings, and he was um, walking off the ground due to an injury that he picked up. 
and now we know that he's been ruled out of this T20 World Cup for Sri Lanka, which is um, sad news there. Obviously, Sri Lanka have had a lot of injuries with their bowling ranks throughout this tournament thus far. Um, but that didn't help losing a bowler early. And that really made uh, Dustin Sharnaka, the captain, really think about his options and who to turn to. Uh, obviously, not ideal losing Fernando early. Um, they were able to put Australia under pressure by taking wickets and keeping the required run rate high throughout the chase. Australia was struggling to get any momentum in the run chase. So Sri Lanka did well to keep the screws on, but they didn't bowl well to Marcus Stornas. His innings sealed the game for Australia. They leaked runs. They dropped some catches as well, Sri Lanka. Then they took some brilliant catches. Unfortunately, that didn't help their cause either. Didn't quite execute their lines and lengths. Didn't quite bowl consistent lines and lengths. And they didn't know how to bowl to Marcus Stornis because he was putting tremendous pressure back onto the Sri Lankan bowlers and especially to one Hasaranga, um, obviously, who's the uh, one of the star T20 bowlers for Sri Lanka. And they do rely heavily on their spinners, Sri Lanka, in Hasaranga and Tikshana. Uh, Tikshana had a reasonable night, 1 for 23, but it was mainly, damage was done mainly off Hasaranga. And Marcus Dornis really took him downtown, none for 53 from his three overs. And the pressure showed on the Sri Lankan bowlers uh, that they didn't quite handle the pressure all that well from Marcus Dornis. And in the end, that's where the game was lost for Sri Lanka. So Sri Lanka will be disappointed about how they bowled um, in this game. Uh, there's a lot of areas to improve on for them going into the next game against New Zealand. Hopefully they can rectify that. If they can, then they're probably a good chance of uh, causing some problems to the New Zealand batters in that next game for them in this tournament. But the bowling performance against Australia in this game in Perth was good at the start, but pretty poor towards the end of the match. And they didn't really know how to bowl to Marcus Stornis when he went off. And he was just starting hitting boundaries and they just couldn't re really control him um, when he was going. So overall, it was a good slash poor bowling performance from Sri Lanka early on in the innings. But towards the end of the innings, it was a poor performance with the ball. Let's preview Australia and Sri Lanka's next matches of this ICC T20 World Cup for 2022. And talk about the potential 11s for both teams. We'll start with Australia. Their next match is against England. And that will be on October the 28th at the MCG. A very big game indeed for both teams. Um, I think Australia should make a change to their 11 for the next match against England. There's been a lot of talk about Pat Cummins struggling with his bowling in T20 cricket. We all know he goes for a lot of runs. He's a very quality bowler, don't get me wrong. But I don't think in T20 cricket it's really hitting his straps as a bowler. Um, Cameron Green's in the T20 World Cup squad for Australia. And he came in because of Josh Inglis injuring his hand while playing golf uh, before the first match um, against New Zealand. That's why he was ruled out of this tournament. Um, with Cameron Green being in the side, he does add that option of being a very good, uh, powerful hitter with the bat. And also he can bowl some overs if required. And I've heard a lot of people talk about that, that maybe Pat Cummins should be dropped for Cameron Green. And also it could work two ways, actually. You have Cameron Green as a bowling option, but you also have him as a potential candidate to probably open the batting with David Warner. Obviously, we, we knew what happened to Aaron Finch in this game um, against Sri Lanka. He struggled big time with the bat, couldn't get any time in or fluency whatsoever. So, with Aaron Finch struggling, 
Cameron Green has opened the batting. Obviously, he opened the batting in India, opened the batting against the West Indies. He opened the batting in the first game against England in that series in Perth before this T20 World Cup. So by having Cameron Green open, opening the batting, he can get the team off to good starts, uh, really put the pressure on the opposition bowlers, whereas Aaron Finch could slip down the order like he did in the West Indies series and bat at number four and sort of occupy that position like Steve Smith used to do before he was dropped from the T20 team. Um, so that's something that Australia could consider. Uh, bringing Cameron Green for Pat Cummins, uh, change the bowling attack slightly. Also, Cameron Green could be a potential opener for Aaron Finch, uh, given that Aaron Finch struggled in this game against Sri Lanka. Also, they could do another option, which is probably have Marcus Stornis open the batting with David Warner, and then you have Cameron Green bat down the order. That's another option they can go down with. Um, in the game against England. Uh, after what Marcus Stornis did here, obviously 59 off, uh, fifty-nine not out of 18 balls, um, he could really do some damage opening the batting with Warner. And as we know with Marcus Stornis, he's done pretty well opening the batting for the Melbourne Stars and the Big Bash. So that could be another option that Australia may go with. So um, I think they'll make a change. I think Cameron Green should come in for Pat Cummins uh, just to change the bowling attack slightly and see what Cameron Green can do with ball in hand. So the potential 11 for Australia for their next match against England, uh, Warner, Green, Mitchell Marsh, Finch, Maxwell, Stornis, David, Wade, Stark, Samper, and Hazelwood. Let's have a look at Sri Lanka's potential 11 for their next match against New Zealand at the SCG on October the 29th. Um, I think Sri Lanka will make at least one change to their 11 for their next match against New Zealand. Uh, Bindra Fernando has been ruled out of this T20 World Cup due to that injury he picked up in the first over of the Australian innings when he was bowling. Um, he's been ruled out with an injury. So Sri Lanka will at least make one change uh, to their 11 for the game against New Zealand. I think uh, Kasun Rajita may come in uh, to replace him. We shall see what um, sort of 11 Sri Lanka may choose for the next game against New Zealand. Obviously for Sri Lanka, they would like to bounce back uh, they will need to tidy up some areas with their batting and bowling. Obviously, their batting and bowling at times against Australia was a little bit off. So if they are looking to beat England at the SCG in that game uh, on the 29th, they will need to tidy up a few areas with their batting and bowling. New Zealand are the informed team in Group 1. Uh, they had a good win against Australia, obviously. Uh, so they're full of confidence. So for Sri Lanka, they'll be disappointed after winning their first game against Ireland then losing against Australia, they'll be like they'll be looking to get back on track and get some points in this game against New Zealand. So their potential eleven for their next match against New Zealand at the SCG: Nasenka, Kusal Mendes, De Silva, Asalanka, Rajapaksa, Shanaka, Hasaranga, Kurakna, Tikshana, Kumara, and Rajita. What can we expect from both teams heading into their next matches? of this ICC T20 World Cup for 2022. Australia would be happy to win and get back on track in this T20 World Cup. Australia still have some areas to improve on with both bat and ball heading into their next match against England on October 28th at the MCG. Sri Lanka would be disappointed with this result after winning their first game of the Super 12 stage by nine wickets over Ireland. They were full of confidence heading into this game against Australia. 
They will need to tidy up their batting and bowling for their next match against New Zealand on October 29th at the SCG. In a must-win game, Australia got the job done. It wasn't a polished performance from the defending champions, but they got the points, and that's all that matters. This win has put Australia back on course in this T20 World Cup. They will gain some confidence in the way Marcus Stornis played and how they were able to come back after being behind in the run chase. Also, the bowlers showed some signs of improvement, but there still is a lot of work to do. But the defending champions are still in with a chance to qualify for the semi-finals. Well, that's all the time we have for this episode. Be sure to subscribe and click the bell to get the latest episodes of the podcast, and like and share our Facebook page, and follow us on Twitter and on Instagram. Until next time, keep safe, and bye for now.